is, uh, is a little uh, bubble. To me, it represents an idol. But the first point we're talking about this morning is that leave your old idols on the other bank. You know, that's part of our breakthrough prayer. Leave your old idols on the other bank. And that's what the Israelites did. Well, they're supposed to anyway. When they left Egypt, they left all the old stuff, all the things that they worshipped before, and they wanted to worship Yahweh, God in the promised land, and they did for a little while, after the 40 years. But they left the old idols. But slowly they came back into their lives. And what we hear in Scripture, Deuteronomy, reminds us that as Christians, as followers of God, we have to be careful. Because these super bubbles, miracle bubbles, might, might take over our lives. Well, I just wonder, do we really worship God and God alone? I remember reading these scriptures back in the day when I had a youth, a youth group and did youth things and all that kind of stuff. And we went on a retreat, and one thing we're supposed to do as part of confirmation is to memorize the Ten Commandments. Now, one way to memorize the Ten Commandments is all the scriptures that you see from Deuteronomy, every single word. But the kids, they got it down uh, to science. That as few words as possible to get the meaning of it. Uh, and it turned out the first command is this. Worship God only. There it is. The second one is no idols. And on and on and on. But I find that quite curious. And okay, if you can do it that way, we'll give you credit for knowing the Ten Commandments. So they put it in their own words. Worship God only. And no idols. Easy to remember. Easy to memorize. And hopefully a part of our hearts and part of our minds. But it's easier said than done, isn't it? When we worship God and God alone, there's, there's, a, there's a battle going on. But when we worship God, we worship God's worthiness when we choose to do God's will instead of our own. Worship God's will instead of our own. God is worthy to be praised. He has given us a day to, to enjoy and the family around us and the people that we know. God has given us a day to, to, to praise Him, to, for He is worthy. His character is holy. His love is pure. His grace is sufficient. His mercy goes before. We worship God's worthiness when we choose to do God's will instead of our own. It's easy to choose when this idol or whatever else is going on. It's a, a little substance. Oh, yeah, I want to worship God. And that's why I asked uh, Dave when I read the scripture to you, I want people to feel the scripture. I want people to feel God's worthiness. I want to see how worthy the land is because of the, of the Messiah that's playing on the organ. I want them to feel it. Is more than just one dimension. Our God is multidimensional. God is worthy to be praised. And when we worship God, we worship His attributes. Worthy is the Lamb who will shall who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and praise. Now, for those who are studying Revelation, 
the departed in that section basically is where um, John is looking around and he sees no one able to open up the scroll. This holy scroll. No one is really to even approach it. And he asks the question, who is worthy? Who is it? And then you heard the scriptures, the, the elders and the angels all sit together. Worthy is the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain. The Lamb that was sacrificed. Worthy is the Lamb. Jesus Christ is precious. More precious than gold. More precious than any idol. More precious than anything we ever imagined. Do we have a relationship that, where we can worship God's worthiness? That he has sacrificed Jesus Christ, his only son, so I can have a relationship with God. Worthy is the Lamb. Well, if we left our old idols on the other bank and we're seeking after God and worship, the next thing we worship God is true and is living. True and living. That God is the one and only. I'm getting more and more appreciate that phrase. You are the one and only. You are the one. You are the only. And I translate it when you're at a grocery store or you're transacting business with someone. Most times I say, have a good one. What's that mean? Sometimes I, what are you saying to me? What does that have a good one? And so in my mind, as I hear that, it reminds me of God. God is the one. God is the only. Have a good one. Because my Lord is the one and only. When I used to drop my kids, I don't drop my kids off anymore because Cal can drive himself. But back in the day when they were small and had to take them to school, and, and when there's one got out, two of them out, three of them out, as they got out, I said, have a good and godly day. That was my prayer for them when I said that, that God would be part of their day, wherever they are, that God would lead them, that the one and only would take care of them. Because I believe, and I think you do too, that God, God is a true and living God. Active and alive. Wanting to come alongside you to answer your prayers, to come alongside your chaos, to help with your depression, your anxiety, to help with your, in your, your situations where you do not have a way through or out that you can turn to God and God can hear your prayers. So idolatry isn't merely bowing down before a carved image. And we can imagine that, can't we? Well, idolatry, you know, they created something out of stone, they covered it with gold, and they bowed down to this carved image. They said, God, stone, wood, you are our God. Oh, we don't do that. And then I asked the angel, what is the modern day idols? I said, well, what she did was this. She didn't have to eat her hand. She just did this. And you all know exactly what it is, right? Man, I don't know. This is, this is pretty powerful. This is a smartphone. And it's smarter than you. And you do things that you can't do and that connect you to things that you can't connect yourself. I wonder 
I wonder sometimes if instead of bowing to her image that we're already bowing to something that may have control over us and we don't even know it. Well, let me share the second half to show the importance or how sometimes things take, take over our lives. Ideology can also be taking a good thing and making it a God thing. Think about Adam and Eve. Everything was good then. <laughs> and don't you need to take vitamins and apple, good and evil. And I don't know if that was something that they wanted to worship, but that was the way that they turned a good thing into a God thing. They listened to their own voice instead of God's voice. And, oh, did God really say that? Did that Satan said, no, I don't think God said that. And they took, turned a good thing into a God thing. And maybe they worshipped, of all things, maybe they worshipped the apple. That was an apple. iPhone was the one that said that. They have a long list of things that could be good and are good, but could turn into gods. Which one of that list kind of catches your attention? One, take one of those out and turn into good God. Oh, no, it's probably not money. Oh, definitely not power. Fame, who needs that? Control? I'm not control free. Entertainment, entertainment, how can that be a God? Social media, oh, no, no problem. That's just off to the side. Possessions, as long as I have clothes on my back. Sports, all those are good. All those are helpful in, in certain portions. But I found in my own personal life, idols, Things that go from good to God thing are much more subtle. Slowly creeping in. And then without realizing it, it's turned into an idol that you've worshipped. Worship the sacredness of God instead of chasing after idols that are not entirely truth. Worship the sacredness of God instead of chasing after idols that are not that are not entirely truthful. See, in, when we're chasing after idols, I think it's you hear a bit of truth in it. What? That is that is true. This, this does help. And anything that's accepted, there's always an element of truth to it. But a person or an idol may twist that truth, and you find chasing after idols. Or let's just read this again. We're chasing after super miracle bubbles. We chase, chase after money. We chase after power. We take after fame, social media. I listen to one and on. 
and that I've been chasing after with him, he might disappear. And we're left being miserable than before. Oswald Chambers, no, not yet. Galatians 5, 24 and 25. Verse 23, 22, and 23, I shared last week about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness and self-control. Those are the characters of God. Those are the characters that we prove. Those are the characters of the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the ones that we embrace. God's sacredness, God's holiness, God's love. That is God that we live and worship. And then he goes on and says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. As the Spirit leads us, as God leads us, as we worship God, and as you heard the, the organ play, and the worthy is the Lamb, that is being in step with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is inside you, stirring you. As we're stirred with the Spirit, we do whatever it takes. We do whatever it takes. So time spent with God in worship and devotion prepares you to make the right decisions when the flesh heats up. So the time you put in this morning, this one hour, prepares you for the right decisions when the flesh heats up. When the idols begin to play a part in your life, and you decide, what am I going to follow? Am I going to follow the small G or the big G? Am I going to follow these idols or am I going to worship God who is worthy? When we prepare our hearts in this place, allows us to remain strong out there. And let me just go a little further. It's such a one hour a week. God wants your you more than just one hour a week. How about every day? Or daily, or more consistent than what you were before. The more consistent you are in your relationship with God, the closer the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Preparing you to say no when you need to say no. Say yes when you need to say yes. To put aside those idols and to worship God. Stop chasing after idols and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Time spent with God in worship and devotion prepares you to make the right decision. Annie, Annie in her devotion each, each morning, she's reading Oswald Chambers and a few other things in Scripture. And the other day she shared this quote from Oswald. And he writes, or the writer writes, is that there's only one being who can satisfy the last aching abyss of the human heart. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I was gravitating toward is the last aching abyss of the human heart. When we worship idols, we leave empty and unsatisfied. Now, you may, uh, maybe you may like Big Macs, McDonald's, 
every time I go to McDonald's, and I am very rarely go to McDonald's, I like many flavors of McDonald's, and I just advertise when I guess, but uh, it seems after I have a quarter pound of cheese and french fries and a Coke, I consume it. And then I'm off to the next thing. I said, what did I just eat? <laughs> Was that food or it just, I'm not full, but am I satisfied? Idols, great image or otherwise, God, small g, those things will never satisfy your heart. Oswald says, the Lord Jesus Christ will. The Lord Jesus Christ will satisfy your heart. So we come back to the scripture, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. So we have to keep ourselves focused on God and flee from those things that draw us away from God. So where are you now in your relationship with God? Do you have a problem with idolatry? Do you worship God and God only? Do you put away your idols and because you know God is a jealous God? But if you worship God, you'll be blessed until a thousand generations after you. So how is God calling you through this message today? It could be one of these things. It could be all of them. And it's in your, uh, what Avery shared today, it's in your connect card, the first slide of your connect card. You can choose one and fill it out until the end and offer it late. Maybe this is where you are. I will make a priority to worship God in this sanctuary the remaining three Sundays in August. August 13th, August 20th, August 27th. That might be a pretty good challenge. That might be the best thing you've ever done to worship God here in this place. Maybe that one's the one I'm about to call you to do. Or it could be this. I will continue enter in our 24-day of prayer for Trinity Church and attend the prayer gathering on Thursday, August 24th at 724 p.m. You have an insert of the scriptures that we're praying in the Psalms. Leading our prayers, we're asking God wisdom and discernment and guidance and boldness to say, God, how do you want us to shape our staff structure? How do you want us to, to be an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ? How can we be a part of our community to reaching new people and making new disciples? This is our time to pray, to agree together with one voice and prayer. And Thursday, August 24th, I'm calling you and all of us here to do that. Or the final one would be this. I'm willing to consider being a part of a, of a new Connect team by attending the information meeting on Tuesday, August 29th at 6 p.m. in room 108, which is the Seekers room, downstairs in the Education Building. And this is part of our prescriptions. This is part of our, our movement on Main, putting the motion here from God. We have a press yes, readiness team. They're still working. But we hear and see that we would have people who are new or newer get connected to all things that are going on. You create a connecting, and you may be hearing God's call to be a part of that. And this is to say, we're going to share the information, and you might be interested in it and being a part of it. And uh, come and hear, come and listen to what God may be saying to you. That's August 29th, 6 p.m. We want to wait.
there was Moses. He had to take the commandments. And they were the Israelites. They were afraid to approach the holy mountain. But Moses was worthy. Moses was the one who was chosen. Moses was a bridge, and he brought down the Ten Commandments and shared them with the people. He was the one that connected them to God. This morning, in a moment, we're going to have communion. And the United Methodist Church, in our tradition, is called an open table. All those who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are willing to, to come and to participate and share in God's love and experience God's forgiveness. And that can, can have a thankful heart. Come and share in this meal together. It's an open table. So you don't have to be a member of Trinity Church. You don't have to uh, be associated with a certain set of things that we see God's grace work in your life. Knowing that God will do work with you. Honestly, to come before God. We'll take bread by teaching, which means taking a piece of the bread, dipping it in, in the juice, and then receiving it and returning back to your seat to usher the guide But this morning, I'm going to have the words of institution, and our Pastor Jim here is going to, to bless the bread and the cup, and then we'll share the meal together. On the night that Jesus was with the disciples, he took the bread and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take it eat in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he, he blessed it, and gave it to the disciples and said, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me.